You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples 1-inch 3-ring binders are $1.92. One-subject notebooks are just $0.25, and two-pocket poly folders are just $0.35 each. Make back-to-school your business at Staples. In-store only while supplies last. Offer ends 9-1-18, limit 30. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual and Empowerment Living with international speaker, spiritual mentor, and best-selling author, Tia Johnson, as she discusses spiritual and women's empowerment topics to assist you in igniting your spirituality and empowering your quality of life. Let's welcome your host, Tia Johnson. Welcome, welcome, and thank you for tuning in, Spiritual Trailblazer. It is a beautiful day, and if we look hard enough, we can find something to be grateful for, yes. So that's just how I love to start every single podcast. Find something that you're grateful for, say it over and over and over again, find something else, (laughs) express gratitude for that. And really take the time, or or as I like to say, make the time to think about how what you're grateful for has changed your life, enhanced your life, and everything in between. So the first podcast of August, yay, August is what will be your legacy month. So for this month, we will be discussing how to create your, your legacy all about never giving up, and what it means for your life purpose and everything in between. So we're going to talk about your it factor, okay? And if you feel like you don't have an it factor, this podcast and the next podcast for the rest of the month or the episodes are going to help you figure it out. Okay, so um, this is a great topic to discuss in many forms because we leave our mark wherever we go. Okay, whether it's how we made someone feel at a party, what we didn't say at a meeting, or just our vibe, sometimes even the smell of our perfume. Some people who I talk to are shy and they feel like it didn't leave an impression, but sometimes the shy people do leave impressions. So keep that in mind. Leaving a mark can be large or small. You know, it's all part of your legacy. Philly, not far from where I live, a few streets have been named, renamed uh, Boys to Men Boulevard. So that's pretty cool. That's a product of uh, creating a legacy, all right? I have watched, um, oh, gosh, I forget what it was called, but Ty Pennington would remodel homes. And one lady, I think her name was Sweet, I forget, Sweet, was it Lucy? I forget her name. But anyway, she had a couple of grills and, and ovens, and she would bake for the whole neighborhood. And so Ty got her this huge grill so she can grill even more for the neighborhood. That's her legacy, feeding the people. So your legacy could be small. And by small, I don't mean like an insignificant small. I mean like locally small, but you're impacting people in big ways. Or it could be as large as something international. Okay. So before I get into today's topic, which is Confessions of Tia, 
socializing, decision-making, and back to the drawing board, I want to tell you that if I sound like my nose is stuffy, it's because it is. So (laughs) bear with me. Uh, My allergies decided to pay me a visit. And then I had to be in a very cold room for two hours, and that did not help the situation. So we are going to get through this, guys. (laughs) But also... I wanted to tell you about the blog. So today's blog is um, Delightful Nighttime Rituals to Make Your Evenings More Magical. Now, this is part two of last week's podcast, (laughs) last week's blog post, which was about the daytime, the morning rituals. And what I wrote um, is really just uh, a bunch of factors that are involved in my nighttime ritual. Um, It's one of the things that I do. Sometimes I meditate before bed. Sometimes I drink water. Other times I drink apple cider vinegar, cinnamon, honey, and and, uh, warm water. So it's a mixture of things. So make sure you check out the blog. Go to blog.tiamariejohnson.com and you will see a list of things that I do every night. Okay. Um, and has helped me over time to prepare for the next day, to prepare for sleep. Um, and it's also how I keep my skin, um, very soft, radiant because I'm all about face cleansers and nighttime serum. So check it out. It's really neat. Don't forget to leave a comment. Let me know how you will use some of the, the what I recommended in your nighttime, uh, a ritual. So this is the second episode where I am doing the confessions of Tia. Um, The first one was on July 4th, and I talked about intuitions, responsibilities, and free will. So make sure you check out that one, too. My idea um, behind that was that I was talking about the side of intuition that frustrates me. Okay, so while a lot of people like to say intuition is a great thing or they use the cliche it's a gift and a curse I really talk about some of the things that annoy me about intuition Um, I also talk about the responsibilities one has when they dive into their intuition and also respecting people's free will okay even if they do come to you for a reading or advice etc okay so make sure you check that one out Confessions of Tia, Intuition, Responsibilities, and Free Will, and that's on, or was on July 4th, Independence Day. I also want to tell you about Girls Trip. It's a movie I saw with a friend over the weekend, and the reason why I want to tell you about Girls Trip is because it really has a lot to do with leaving your legacy. So um, the movie Girls Trip has some amazing actors and actresses in here. So if you don't know what the movie is about, I'll tell you. So per IMDb, that's Internet Movie Database, uh, the bio is when four lifelong friends travel to New Orleans for the annual Essence Festival, sisterhoods are rekindled, wild sides are rediscovered, and there's enough dancing, drinking, dancing to make the big easy blush. Sounds pretty sexy. Well, I don't want to spoil the movie for you because you really, really need to see it. But here's what I, one of the things I learned about the movie. So it's four girlfriends and they're all, they're in their own lane. They're all 
really trying to figure out life. And the main character has a book out, and or one of the main characters has a book out, and she's saying, I have it all. I can have it all. I can have it all. And uh, she was going through her own issues. And what I have learned or was reminded of is that while we are traveling on this road of life and meeting people, making our mark in the world, there will always be a time when we have to check ourselves, okay? It's so easy to get caught up in what we are doing and when we think we are doing the right thing, you know? So um, it goes beyond just a self-evaluation, more along the lines of what do you stand for? Who's standing behind you or next to you, not behind you? Who's standing next to you? Who remembers you from, you know, a time when you were really just truly unapologetically you? And what does that mean going forward? We all want to be success, successful in our own right, but what does that truly look like? So, you know, go see the movie. No one's paying me to say this. I just truly, truly enjoyed that movie. And I can relate to all of the females in um, that movie. So again, check that out. It was truly amazing. So the reason why I decided to tie these confessions, which is socializing, decision-making, and back to the, to the drawing board uh, with legacy is because part of creating a legacy is figuring out what works for you and how that can contribute in making you memorable in society, whether it's in your neighborhood, online space, or elsewhere across the globe. And, you know, we, we all want to be remembered for doing something. Okay. We want to leave our mark somewhere, even if our goal was to please mom and dad or uh, to prove something to ourselves, we all want to leave that, that something. And that's part of a legacy, you know, when when celebs die, they have their music or their film or their poems, uh, even with scientists, what they created, what they discovered. And it goes on and on and on. Architects, doctors, you know, I could go on and on and on. But it's that, that mark that they leave, how they made people feel, how they change society, for better or worse in some cases, but they're, they are memorable. So when I talk about socializing, I had a lot to learn about uh, the is and not of socializing. And it's so interesting because as much schooling as I have uh, received, some things are just um, really unexpected. You think you're so well prepared and then you're out there in the real world and you're trying to figure out what can you do that you read about in a book or saw in a documentary? And sometimes it's really just a game time decision. Sometimes you really, you just can't prepare for certain things, even if you really are prepared. Okay. Sometimes it just happens. And that's what life does to us. So I used to have FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay. So that is a thing. It's crazy. But I didn't start having that until I hit the networking scene. So while I was partying in my early to mid-20s, I never had that problem because I was always in the scene. So I never had a fear of missing out. However, when I started to hit the networking scene, when I was really into my business, I felt like I had to be at every and any networking event. 
just to get my name out there because we all are just that one conversation away from going to the next level, right? We are one uh, exchange of phone numbers, uh, business cards, whatever have you, away from meeting that person who's supposed to change your life. That's how it goes, supposedly. (laughs) But I wasn't discerning about who I would be socializing with because everyone has a potential. And at the time, I was just like, I'm an entrepreneur with less than five years in the game. Who am I to be discerning? You know, who am I to say I shouldn't be here? I should be everywhere, right? I should, you know, earn my stripes and go to this event, go to that event. And if I don't uh, meet that person or those people, at least I could say I went to networking events. I should be learning at every chance I get. But what happens when we try to absorb it all? Okay, what happens? Well, we become frustrated and overwhelmed. That's how I was. And when I talked to people about this, I was really shocked to find out how many other um, of my friends went through the same scenario where they went to countless networking events, where they would purchase, you know, a blouse at the last minute, rush to get business cards done, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like not much came out of that. Okay, we wonder why things aren't working the way we believe them to. And then we have this place where we get mad at the wrong people, we get frustrated at the wrong things, and we are no longer at our lane. Okay, so I really had to really back in and get comfortable with the word no. And I began to apply that in my personal life. Uh, As I explained in previous podcasts and in blog posts, I was the friend who always wanted to be available to all of her friends because, God forbid, if something happened, I needed to be there to help them. I needed to be available. And I had to learn that that's not possible. I had to be the the word of the evening here, discerning. <laughs> okay, I had to be discerning. So when I began to apply what I learned in the networking world to my personal life, I began to no longer show up to events and 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 use it as a form of being nice. If I wasn't interested in something, but I figured, oh, I should just show up to show my face, you know, and I never felt fulfilled doing it. And I don't, I didn't feel like I was helping the person because I'm not 100% there. You know, it's this um, fake form of obligation, you know, because we all want to be liked. So we have to be nice and we have to do things and it doesn't work. So I be I stopped showing up to events and networking gatherings out of a form of being nice, okay? Because someone said I should go and, you know, don't leave until you get 10 business cards, <laughs> right? Don't leave until you exchange your phone number, you know, stuff like that, craziness. I mean, sometimes it works, but if we are not discerning, then what happens is, What's going on in one area of our life filters over into another area in our life. So that's that was something that was bothering me for the longest time, and I wasn't realizing it until I went to X amount of networking events. So next was I no longer attended events without doing proper research. So gone are the days where I will would attend every single networking event especially if 
much about the people who were sponsoring. A lot of times um, I would get invited to go places. Hey, you should check this out. Hey, you should come. And it seems pretty cool because I would see a couple of pictures on the internet. I would read a couple of sentences of the bio. I'm like, oh, this seems like it's cool. The ticket price is only $12, only $35. This is really neat. I should go. Well, because I didn't do my proper research, I really didn't know what I was walking into. So if I took the time to maybe go on Yelp, Google the company name, ask around, hey, did you attend this, man? What do you know about this company? As opposed to going on the word of just one person or, you know, reading a little bit of the bio, not the entire bio, or looking at a couple of pictures. Anyone can post a couple of really awesome pictures and make an event look like the best thing since sliced bread, like the Met Gala or something. (laughs) So I started to do more research. And even in my personal life, if I want to um, do something, I take the time to really think about, is this something I truly want to do? Or am I doing this because I feel like I need to be nice? Or, you know, I feel like I also want something. So again, I began to look at the decisions I were that the, the decision I was making at the time, okay, because I just couldn't allow myself to continue to do something like that. So, and now I am, <laughs> I'm not a fan of VIP. So unless it's truly VIP. So for example, I've been to several events where. It's general admission, and then there's VIP admission, and the VIP gets a separate room. They get, you know, food tabled off. There were times where I walked right into the VIP. No one cared, you know. So, and then there are other times where there wasn't any rope off, you know, for the VIP section. You just walk up. You're just like, okay, wait a minute. So what's the difference? You get your business name on a table, you get to put a flyer on a table. Well, that's cool if people are actually looking at the flyers, but let's face it, it's networking slash happy hour. People are going there for the discounted drinks, you know. So, again, it's all about doing the research and understanding, is VIP really VIP? There have been times where, yeah, VIP was really VIP, and no, and people did care, <laughs> all right? You got a different color bracelet, so it was no joke. It was just like, no, you got general admission. You did not get VIP, so you had to go in the general area. Okay, so that's what I want. If I'm paying for a VIP ticket, then I need to be treated like a VIP, all right? So, and I've been on both sides, you know, where I purchased a VIP ticket, and people who had general mission tickets walk right up like yeah they don't care so do the research um it's because someone has something on their website doesn't mean it's exactly what it is so again it goes back to doing research um so i began to focus on events and gatherings that allow room to build and solidify relationships not a facade hey i don't have any problem with people putting their best foot forward you're supposed to And I don't even care if you wear a fake Rolex watch like Russell Simmons did when he first um, started Def Jam with uh, his partner. He used to wear a fake Rolex. That was his version of faking it to make it. That doesn't bother me. Okay, what does bother me is when people um, really hype themselves up. They really add on uh, more of 
uh, a persona than really they should, <laughs> okay? And so when you work with these people or even if, if it's a friend, you know, and, and your friend, this newfound friend is, is not what he or she cracked up to be. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm wasting my time. Why didn't I pay attention to the red flags? Well, this comes with practice, but uh, I was I was really able to understand that I need to be comfortable with where I'm at, okay? And going to 10 networking events or 10 events, gatherings, what have you, is not better than going to five because it's about quality, not quantity. It's about being discerning, okay? So we have to really think about that. And I, I no longer felt bad if I didn't go to an event, a gathering. It just faded away. For some reason, I just didn't care if I didn't go to an event. I didn't have that FOMO. I didn't feel like if I didn't go, I missed an opportunity. So I became way more discerning. Now, if I go somewhere, I need to justify the price. I need to make sure that it's worth most importantly, my time, because I can regain money, I can recharge, you know, and, and, get, and, and get my energy back to fullness, but I can't do that with time. And that used to frustrate me the most when I was socializing is, okay, do I become friends with this person? I don't know. Let me give it a try and, and see where it goes. Do I go to the networking event? I don't know. So all of this takes practice of figuring out if that person is your cup of tea or your shot of tequila or if you need to go to this event. Okay, so think about what do you need to change in, change in the way you socialize? Are you going to painful or going to events in, in a way that just gives you pain? <laughs> you know, you're just like, how do I get out of this? You know, what do I do? So if if it's a family event, for example, and people ask me this often. Tia, what if it's a family, you know, thing? So what if you had to tell a family member no? Or what if, you know, I don't want to go to this event, but it's it's a family obligation. In that case, there are some things that you cannot get out of. It's, if it's a family obligation, one or two things can happen. You can bring somebody with you to help or people with you to help offset yeah, uh, that negative energy and be a little bit bar- a barrier for you, or you can you can really just say I can't make it. I mean, I know I said you can't and you have to go, but you could just really say, look, I truly, truly cannot do this. So, but that's a little bit of a harder route. So, um, really think about that if if you really just like I. I can't do it. I just can't. And you really need to distance yourself by all means. But if you're just like, Tia, maybe not so much, bring a person or people with you to help you out there. Keep your phone fully charged. Leave early. <laughs> okay. Um, so I want you really to be careful who you socialize with. Some people are there for, like I said, the discounted drinks and the hookup. There have been so many times where I went to a networking event, you know, and then I hear later that so-and-so hooked up with so-and-so. I'm like, really? How did I miss that? Because I'm over here trying to make connections. 
you know, just really keep that in mind. And, and even in, in your personal life, okay, the saying is true that you are the average of the people who you hang out with. So if you are hanging out with people because you're being nice, you don't want to hurt your hurt their feelings, the only person you're truly hurting is yourself. Okay, because you are a wonderful, gorgeous person. People want your energy. They want that spark. They want to know how you do what you do. You know, so protect your energy. All right? Don't hang out with people because you feel like you have to be nice. Okay, so really think about that. Shifting gears to decision-making. This... (laughs) This is something I talked about um, in my newsletter. So if you're part of the newsletter, can't even talk. If you're part of the newsletter tribe, then you receive my latest letter, which goes out on Sunday. Um, if not, and you want to join the list, just head over to my website, tiamariejohnson.com, and you can sign up for my newsletter there. Uh, I talked about my issue with decision making. Um, it can literally take me weeks to make a decision and commit to that decision. Um, and that's mainly because I'm an overthinker. I just tend to overthink each and every time. I mean, it's really no joke. Whenever I work with someone, I tell them I'm a chronic overthinker. It happens by default. I don't even realize I'm doing it until someone just says, hey, we can do it this way. And I just have to think, oh, yeah, or that <laughs> moment. Okay, so, yeah, it takes me a few weeks to make a decision, and keyword here, commit, commit to that decision. And the thing is, I have a very uh, imaginative mind, so I love to imagine things. I love to play out different scenarios. You know, if I do this, then these are the possibilities. If I do that, those are the possibilities. But what also happens is that I tend to think of the worst possible scenario and then realize that it's never going to happen, but I have to get to that realization. So it's not that I default to the negative. It's just that it's part of the possibilities that come to my mind. And then I play out a scenario. It's one way I get over it. um, But it also allows me to really think that, okay, that, terrible, awful, bad, no good, oh my gosh thing never happened in my almost 32 years of existence. I never had a case where it was just like beyond my comprehension or just so overwhelming that I couldn't solve it without a little bit of help. So that's part of the reason. But I understand that decision-making can cause anxiety because what if, the, what if the decision that we make doesn't pan out the way we want it to? You know, what if this? What if that? And it happens. I've made decisions that it just did not work out the way I wanted to. And we're going to talk about going back to the drawing board in a minute. But uh, that's what I had to do. So it's very frustrating. You know, decision making is interesting because. Some decisions can be easy peasy, no problem. And other times it's just like, I really need to sleep on this, consult um, uh, my counsel, (laughs) you know, come back to you. Um, Nope, actually, I'm going to go sleep on it again. It's a whole process. It's crazy. But 
I often wish that things could just resolve itself. So that's one of my ultimate confessions here about decision-making. I don't like to make a lot of decisions. It, it really just depends on my mood, but in most cases, I just wish things resolved itself. Just put it out there in the universe. I want my website done. Poof, it's done. <laughs> you know, as opposed to picking colors, doing a whole uh, mood board on Pinterest, finding someone to do the logo and, you know, what pages go on here. It was a whole process, guys, a whole process that took months, okay, months to put together. All right, a lot to be made. And it was awesome because my VA is amazing, but still it's just like, oh, I had to work to get to that point. So I had to do a lot of or make a lot of decisions before I even presented a website idea to her. So, and, you know, shout out to my VA who just really put everything together uh, in my website. But, yeah, so the only, so the decisions that I really like to make are, you know, what I'm going to eat, what am I going to drink, what to wear, where where am I going to travel, and the makeup that I put on. I love that stuff. I can make decisions as the day is long. Oh, I'm going to wear black today, maybe something blue today, or purple, or I'm going to wear this palette today. I love that. But, hey, I had to get over it, and I had to put on my big girl panties and really um, begin to make these decisions. And what I have learned over time is that decision-making is actually easy. It really is easy. You just have to make a decision. The commitment. I can say right now, I am going to go to the gym. Boom, I made a decision. The commitment is that I actually go to the gym and do it consistently, okay, which would lead to me eating better because I had to now hold myself 100% accountable for everything that is associated with going to the gym, okay? So, that commitment is really what I had to learn. It's not just making the decision. It's beyond that. Okay. And also I can't blame anyone. I can't say, Oh, because of that person, I can't do this. No, I made that decision. And so whatever comes after that is on me. Okay. Yes, there will be some external factors, but the overarching theme here is Tia made the decision. Tia made the commitment to the decision. And now she put the the pieces together, all right? Or she's putting the pieces together. So we can't blame anyone. And I believe that's where a lot of people uh, have a problem when it comes to the decision-making process. They think it's hard. Or, you know, I would be able to do this, but, you know, this is happening right now, so I can't do that. Everything can be worked out. It's just a matter of time. So earlier today, I wrote down the things I'm going to do. So I made a decision. I'm going to call some doctors. I'm going to schedule a facial. I took a hard look at my finances. So I'm committing myself to making those calls and taking action. I wrote it down. That helps, too. Um, sometimes I write notes in my phone, but I decided to write it down and I talked to a few people. So it's real. Okay. That's what we have to do. We have to make it real. So here's my commitment process. 
number one, I had to notify myself that it's not going to resolve itself. It's just not. Okay. No matter how much I put it on the back burner, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> okay. Um, two, all I had to do is work on a few things at a time. No one said I had to do 10, 10 things at one time. No one said I had to do two things at one time. Okay. I could just work on one thing or maybe three things at a time. Okay. I don't have to overwhelm myself by committing myself to doing a hundred things. And I had to learn that guys, because I used to pride myself in multitasking, which was great, but now it's not working. Okay. And I had to take a hard look at that. What worked for me in the past is not working so much now. I am doing different things that require more of my energy, which means I had to let a lot of things go. And that's the process um, I'm committing myself to right now is reeling myself back, stop stretching myself out so thin, okay, and focusing on a few things at a time and the most important things at a time. And another side note here, sometimes people look at making a decision and the commitment as, Oh, if I do make this decision, it's going to take so long for me to uh, have this completed if I commit myself to it, like working out, losing weight, eating better, um, doing what they had to do to get that promotion. The time is going to pass anyway, okay? It's not like spirit goes, oh, okay, so you want to work out to get fit, but you feel like it's going to take a long time. So I can pause time for you if you like, or I can speed it up to where you get fit. It doesn't work like that. The time is still going to pass. The seconds, minutes, hours, days, week, weeks, year, they're going to go by whether you do it or not. So you might as well do it. Okay. Um, there's nothing that will happen that I can't solve. Okay. And by I, I mean me, and also people who I asked to help me. Okay. I, I'm never, I, for as long as I can remember, I have never been the one to think that I could do it all by myself. I end up doing a lot of things by myself because some people are not reliable, but I do find people who are reliable and that's a great thing. So, you know, it's just understanding that it can be solved one way, shape or form. It can be solved. Number four is I'm blessed. Really, I am. I think about the good things that are going on in my life and the things that I want to improve. Okay, they will be improved, but I'm still blessed. Okay, um, next. And I was just talking about this. Time is only going by anyway. So I, I would think, do I want another year of, you know, whatever it is I want to get rid of or um, something that maybe I put on a back burner, I need to bring it up to the front. Do I really want another year of slacking with this? Do I want another year of, you know, that elephant in the room? No. <laughs> okay. And last, if a wildly successful person who I'm learning about right now or, or who I remembered about can do it, then so can I. Just when you think you are going to do something that's bad and you feel like there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel, there is some wildly successful person who you admire who had it a million times worse. And I'm not saying this to compare. I'm saying this because if they can get out of their, you know, hole or, you know, tunnel, whatever you want to call it, then so can you. 
And last is back to the drawing board. <clears throat> what makes this so special is because people look at this as more like a dead end. People think that if they had to start back at a certain point, that they're a loser, they failed. And a couple of episodes ago, I said that you can never really start back at point one, you know, point A, square number one, because you have learned so much. You're a different person. You're not the same person you were when you started at point A, and you will never be that person from point A, but you will go back to the drawing board. So even with this podcast, this is my third time around doing it. And that's because I had several foot surgeries and I've done many rebrandings of my business. And so I took breaks from the podcast because I had the direction I wanted to take with the podcast. And it even had different names. This is the third name for the podcast. I like this name. It's going to stick for a little while. I may get inspired to change it later, but for right now, third time the charm. This is the third name of the podcast. The first name was um, the Violet Sanctuary Spa podcast, and it was the Tia Johnson show. And now it's, you know, spiritual empowerment living with Tia. Uh, so I had to change it. I had to understand that the rebranding and the pause, it needed a breath of fresh air. Like it's under new management. So in the beginning, I had a lot of listeners, and at the time, I let a lot. Of, I let people call in, so it worked out very well. Uh, I had a lot of engagement. Then the second go around, it wasn't as prosperous, and I struggled to find a sweet spot. So things like what time to go on live and for how long. I used to be on for two hours, guys. I used to take calls and have guests who love to talk, so we would go, you know, two hours. Um, and I didn't mind, but that didn't last. So I had to figure out, okay, well, again, what's the sweet spot time? Because there are people who listen uh, from different countries who are five, six, seven plus hours away. Okay. But the third time is a, is the charm. And I'm so, so, so happy for the direction of this podcast. So it returned about a few months ago. Um, you know, I got back into the saddle after my foot surgery. And so I was checking the stats this evening of the podcast. And one day had 382 downloads. That was just in one day. The same time last year, it was significantly lower. And so I haven't tallied the entire month of July downloads, but I could tell it was a good month. So I had to change a few things with this podcast to get to that point. And here are some of the things I've done. So I started using Facebook ads to promote the podcast. Um, I have a page entirely uh, committed to my podcast. In previous websites, I didn't have that. Uh, Or I had like a little blurb about the podcast. I asked more people to listen to it. I was promoting it like crazy, and I still do, but I do it in strategic ways that doesn't make me sound desperate or like I don't care about 
what you think, but listen to my podcast. Like, no, I really want you to enjoy it, learn some things, you know, share it with people who you think would also enjoy um, listening and will receive some nuggets. Um, But I had to understand that this time it had to be different. Okay, which is why I'm doing some casual episodes like this where I'm giving you my confession, some of the things that I've learned, you know, so it's not just me giving you tips all the time or um, something similar. It's really saying, hey, I understand that we have listeners who are spiritually based entrepreneurs or spiritually centered or, you know, people who are happy in their careers and they just want to learn a little bit about empowerment. I get that we have people from all walks of life in different countries listening to this podcast. And so I want to be able able to share some of my stories with you of what I learned because what I have noticed is that whenever I share a story, I get an email or someone would just personally tell me, thank you, <laughs> okay, that happened to me or I can relate or preach or something like that. So I don't want you to think that um, I am one of those spiritually centered people who want um, people to see the the sky as, you know, rose colored all the time. I get that there's, there are bad things that happen in the world and there are good things that happen in the world. People have anxiety attacks and people uh, need time to themselves where they don't talk to anyone and then they come back <laughs> to society. I get all of that. So if I can share my stories with you and tell you what I learned and hopefully I can cut your learning curve <laughs> with certain experiences and, and, you know, help you in any way I can. All right. So I noticed that I had to do something different. So going back to the drawing board doesn't mean that you fell. It means that you're giving a platform that you have been given a platform for you to do better than before. Eventually, you're going to hit a plateau anyway. So even if you were constantly successful, and I like to use the gym example because I'm back in the gym. So even if you were working out in the gym every other day, but you're doing like the same thing, you're going to hit a plateau. So you need to change it up a little bit. Okay, so, you know, you you have to figure out what you have to do to make it, interesting to make it so that way you don't feel like it's a chore anymore. So what do you have to do differently that you've never done before? Okay. So think about it. What's something that you haven't done before that maybe you need to give a try? What do you need to mix up or tweak a little bit? You know, how about starting all over? Do you need to move to a different city? Perhaps there are, I have so many friends that, moved from city to city, sometimes country to country. And it's just like they're a better person each and every time because they're experiencing things, they're doing things, they're living for them themselves. They're unapologetically choosing to do what they feel is right. They made a decision, they committed to it. And sometimes it pans out just the way they want it to. And sometimes it falls a little short, but they might make the best of it. And that's what we had to remember while we are doing the things that we are doing, there's always going to be that what we think, you know, and what actually happens. And then, you know, life, as I like to say, it likes to give us a roundhouse kick sometimes. But in the words of Les Brown, if you fall, fall on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. Okay, so I wanted to leave that with you. 
and I wanted to just make sure that you are connecting with the right people. And maybe in a later episode, I'll give you tips exactly on how you can connect with the right people because I have learned a lot over um, the years of how we can ascertain how people are true blue, whether it's personal or in, or in business, okay? There's a lot of um, red flags, micro expressions, um, the way they talk. There's so many ways, um, and we can easily overlook that because we have ambition or we see the potential in people. We want to see the good in people. So just keep all that in mind when we are uh, working on getting to the next level again, in personal or in business. All right, so again, don't forget to check out the blog. is tiamariejohnson.com, and I give you my nighttime rituals, okay? So it's something that I love to do, guys. Um, it's a great way to unwind for the, day, for the night. So I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings. Thank you for joining Spiritual Living and Empowerment with Tia Johnson. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to the next show. Want to continue the conversation with Tia? Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Tia underscore Johnson underscore. Have a wonderful day filled with many blessings. risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA.